1: It is 420 somewhere. Thanks for joining us. It's Miggy420. And uh, uh, hey, what's up? (laughs) Tom, come on in. (laughs) Wow. How's it going? You know what a social equity
2: joint venture is in Connecticut? Uh, No. So tell me about it. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, These social equity programs are unique. So whatever state you're in, you're going to see a little bit of different things. And Connecticut's was very strange in the sense that the social equity cultivator, and they call it a producer, uh, that license to grow cannabis, mm. uh, three million bucks. And so like after you win, you have to pay a three million dollar fee. Uh, however, if you do two equity joint ventures, you can cut that fee in half down to one point five million dollars. Uh, and therefore, they've created like uh, out of these equity joint ventures. Uh, additional jobs or additional businesses that are in the industry that will spawn themselves. Because like right now, there's about 11 of these cultivator licenses in Mm. uh, Connecticut. Uh, And so for all of them to try to avoid that $1.5 million, they would spring up uh, a producer or I'm sorry, a packaging uh, joint venture, and maybe also a dispensary joint venture. Uh, and then that is what we're going to be discussing and doing a little bit of a deep dive in. Let me share the, the actual source here So Connecticut,
1: is, and go ahead. I was like, is 3 million like the sticker price? Like, like, like when they actually like someone like soberly like wrote down the number and said, this is how much it costs to, to play the game.
2: Yes. Yes. And so Jesus like, this Christ. is the, the, this is, yes, yes, yes. Um, there you go. And, um, and then it has the, the fee of one million, five hundred thousand dollars. And so there's Maybe that one. And that. then here's the fee of three million. Unless, you know, if you have the two approved joint ventures of the social equity and then the fee is one point five million dollars. Uh, very interesting, isn't it? That the way that they allow uh, it seems like uh, that's not social equity. Right. Because it's, it's three million dollars. And yeah. then uh, they create two new uh, uh for equity joint ventures because they are essentially uh, social equity businesses and they don't have to play the lottery to get a license. So they can just evidently get a license from the Social Equity Council in oh Connecticut, God. which is really interesting that. Uh, because you allow these people to get licenses, you know you're going to triple the number of actual licenses that are out there helping uh, or creating jobs and uh, new ownership potential for social equity applicants. Is
1: there a cap on licenses there? Like, like, I mean, it just seems like if you're going to put that kind of barrier, there shouldn't be a cap, right? Like, oh, there's caps. There's always types of caps on
2: it. And so one of them, and this is what it's... Equity Joint Venture actually is. It's a business uh, that is partnering with a licensed producer. It's a, you know, a cultivator, a DIA cultivator or a dispensary that is at least 50% owned and controlled by individuals who, and then uh, they have to the two-prong social equity uh, definition here. Average household income of not less than 300% or three times the state median. Over the last three years and uh, was a resident of a DIA for five out of the past 10 or was a resident of a DIA for at least nine years before the age of 18. Those are, of course, the uh, two prongs that are unconstitutional under the dormant commerce clause. Good luck. You know, you can file a lawsuit if you don't like that. But there you go. That's that's one of the things that they're going to do. There's no window for those licenses. And they can only have two. So there's a maximum number uh, that a joint venture can do in pursuant to this type of license. So if you win this uh, cannabis social equity cultivator or producer license in Connecticut, turns out you're probably going to then also create two more companies to save one point five million dollars on your fee and then kind of go a little bit vertical. Get a, a
1: dispensary. I just looked at the median income in Connecticut and it's fucking $38,000. Like, how can you create that? I mean, it just seems like what other industry, like, look at this. i got to make it bigger. But uh, uh, what other uh, uh, goddamn uh, business out there that has that kind of barrier, man? Like, that's insane.
2: That seems very unfair right away. That is the way that they are doing it. Like I said, every state does it a little bit differently. This is what Connecticut's doing for theirs. And now that we've kind of started to talk about these equity joint measures and what we think about them, uh, why don't we play a little bit of Name That Strain? Right we on. have one today. Sweet. There it is. That's the strain that people can name, I tell you. That's uh, that's it right there. It actually has some nice purple undertones and some good greens. Um, that's a pretty a pretty dense nug.
1: Machine trim, you think?
2: Yeah, it looks a little worked over. Maybe a clumpy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I just can't. I wonder if they would grow this Connecticut. I, I just can't get over that whole one point three million dollar barrier. Like, I can't believe someone sober. Like, what are one point three million again? It was a or, three million dollars. Yeah. The conversion
2: fee of $3 million if you win, unless you get these two uh, social equity joint ventures, two approved equity joint ventures, and then your fee is $1.5 million.
1: I just find it to be like the uh, irony of like, you know, like the stoners always like gets this bad rap, right? It's all we've been talking about breaking the stigma for fucking all my time doing this stuff. But no, that's not it.
2: No, that's not it. That's not it. But yeah, I just it's a beautiful show. one though. And yeah. then uh, let's let's give them some of the parents, the lineage of this. This is a very famous. Oh. Uh, strange from. Oh, oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can help me uh, manage the show. I didn't know you. that I was still sharing that.
1: Uh, <laughs> but like, yep. I, 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 I I I um. What was I going to say? <laughs> Uh, this is a cross of G13
2: and hash plant. Hash plant, I've got to go get some seeds for that. That's like a classic strain. Uh, not an heirloom, but definitely classic. Like mid-90s hash yeah.
1: Oh, Oh, I bet it's sticky as fuck. I bet. I bet it is. I, I just, you know, it seems to me when people make the rules that regulate cannabis, it's more of like, I picture like the joke would be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. But like, that's not the reality. The reality is... These people are perfectly sober and and, and and don't know what the hell they're doing when, when they're making these rules about a plant.
2: like Right. Yeah. And uh, we just did a brief little blog on these social equity joint ventures in Connecticut. I think it's an opportunity, though, for more companies as opposed to less, how many of those social equity joint ventures are just going to be subsidiary companies? Because in order for them to have gotten that license that they got, they had to have been a social equity applicant to begin with. So then are they just going to spin off two more LLCs and then, or do they want new social equity uh, joint ventures? I can't really tell from the definition.
1: Oh, we we got it. it. Kind of sort of. Oh,
2: look at that. Victoria's nailing it over there. Mr. Nice.
1: Correct. Yeah.
2: Mr. Nice, AKA Mr. Nice guy is an Indica marijuana strain crossed by G13 and hash Plan. It produces effects that are mellow and put consumers into a state of bliss, sweet smell, uh, and taste. And it has extremely dense buds. And I'd say that looks like a pretty dense bud there. It was named in honor of Howard Marks, the Oxford grad who became one of the biggest cannabis smugglers of our time.
1: That's right. That's a big story. I forgot about that. I was thinking it was from half Big.
2: Yes. Yes. The guy with a smiley face.
1: Yeah, yeah. But... I totally forgot about Mr. Nice Guy being a smuggler, too. He was like a, a an English dude that, like, served time in the uh, overseas uh, prison. Like, one of those guys that is always pretty chipper about things and tell you how, like, there we were, me and my mates in the prison, <laughs> you know, shit like that. Yeah. But, uh, See, uh, man, I think that, it,
2: I think that this, uh, this equity joint venture, I don't know. I don't think they can actually just create a subsidiary. It says partnering with a licensed producer. So how can you be partnering and the same thing? So there you go. Uh, I I believe you're going to have two more equity joint ventures per each social equity uh, producer or DIA cultivator or dispensary license. So there's these licenses that have been awarded for the producers, the licensed uh, cultivation. And then there's um, some lotteries that I don't think they've quite done yet in Connecticut.
1: It'll be nice. More licenses coming in Connecticut. But those lotteries require that three million buffer, too, right?
2: Uh no, the three million, that was the social equity one. Those ones were if you applied and had everything in order and the money, you uh, would win the license.
1: Jesus. I I yes. was so fair. I, I I mean I get like your your business angle, you see all the different ways they're doing it. Like here in Washington State, I learned the other day uh that the power of the salespeople, right? Because the whole point is uh here, uh being that we're uh horizontal, uh uh you know, layered as far as like a grow producer processors got yeah, one license, stores are another license, and then transpose another license. But like the people who do sales, uh, they really have a lot of power as long as they got the network and can get that product on the shelf. But also, uh, I know a lot of these people are not working with just one uh, brand, right? Like one brand doesn't pay enough to live at, at least in the city of Seattle. But I uh, met a couple people multi uh, branding with different brands and i was like wow and no conflict of interest no. as long as you get it on the shelves right it's all about the product but uh that to me just showed like wow there is a real because remember we had kush kush on Mm -hmm. he was talking about how hard it was for him to get on the shelves for a while because there there really is like these little gatekeepers you know and that's just so bs the way they just keep i think putting these little hurdles of pub people where yeah that's why
2: you would want to be vertical because how else are you going to move your crop yeah.
1: I, I mean, when it was metal, oh, it's all so good. Oh,
2: I, I understand. That's good. That's great. But then <laughs> do you have all those uh, connections with the people that are going to be wholesaling and buying your stuff and putting it on their shelves?
1: Yeah. You make a you make a name for yourself because I know a lot of people here when they were vertical at the time, you know, some you, you can't grow enough to like maintain like shelf space. Right. Just like sometimes you can't maintain enough to like personal grow right? You might have to go to the store or something, but if you're a business, then you're taking a flower from other grows as well. And if you're a good grower, you know, to start off with, you know, your, your cannabis, then that's not going to be an issue. But hmm. you know, though I think the only barrier for the cannabis to be in the market would be just lab testing. You know, that's what needs to be done. But who am I? Well.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's what needs to be done. You know, I, I think that the real cool thing is that, um, they have these different types of social equity all over. And that was Connecticut's. Um, hopefully, people got something out of that. You know, if you are one of the few, I want to say, dozen uh, cannabis licenses that are in that state and wondering how they're going to put together those uh, additional um, partnerships, we can help over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com. But I'm still Keep checking out these uh, floor plans for the new office, man
1: right on but can i mean can you help somebody out with like with a with a forty thousand dollar medium income i mean to me that seems like you're reaching a lot to get 1.5 million from your mm-hmm. you know there's you gotta have like property that's been like handed down to you to for collateral right there's not going to be a you know somebody with a 1.5 million dollar check just because you know you're you're you know a uh, social well, equity huh?
2: yes and then um I've already now I've, I've tried to share the uh, the blueprints for the, the new YouTube studio and office, but you have to remember it's in household income of not less than 300% or three times the state median household mm. income. And so okay. like, it's not going to be the 38,000. It would be three times that, you know, closer to a hundred thousand. And then, um, yeah, it, it's just an, a household income. So what if, that person's household is on a fixed income and their kids are worth $5 million or vice versa. What if the parents are worth $5 million and the kids mm. aren't making very much money? It's yeah, you know? paperwork. Shit. It's paperwork. And it's also, uh, checking where you reside and where the DIA is and then being able to prove the, uh, long time residency in those things.
1: Could this be another issue? Uh, moment where someone can sue over the dormant clause, though, as well?
2: Oh, of course. Yes. The uh, the yeah. way that uh, Connecticut has set up their uh, social equity program, it does have the uh, longtime residents in the disproportionately impacted areas. Some states, including Illinois, are fixing that aspect of it by changing uh, the definition of disproportionately impacted areas to be commensurate with census data, because then it's data from all the 50 states. It just happens to be this one in our state has that, uh, mm. you know, that aspect of it. But then, if I'm residing in a similar uh, place, like in eight states over, I should then be able to apply as a social equity applicant in the state of Illinois. It's going to be weird. Did you see the uh, the lawsuit that paused New York's? Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. We talked about that last week, and then uh, that's interesting. They're going to keep going forward on it. But it's not like these lawsuits are without merit. And uh, the Dormant right. Commerce Clause aspect of it is really uh, hopefully going to kick us toward um, f- you know, federal legalization quicker because it's removing the powers that the states have to be able to self-deal. And, and so the states are kind of losing control of their own programs a little bit, uh, provided that they require them to all uh, you know, come from within that particular state
1: what it would take for interstate commerce like for an actual like uh when, it, when when what's the uh the seal of approval the time when like you know federally it's like okay i mean does it have to be like a full-on law written down as far as like cannabis now allowed to be transported blah 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 or can it be descheduled and then uh limited laws you know what what would cause it but well, when when is it going to be okay
2: yeah, it's going to take some time, and I don't know how they're going to approach it. In the legislation that they legalize it at the congressional level, we'll know if they're going to suspend the dormant commerce clause because they have to put that in there, you know. Okay. Um, and and if we don't see it in there, then it's going to be interstate commerce, which means that uh, you are going to have very interesting price changes because all the supply that is in like Oklahoma or Oregon. My, oh, yeah, California it might be able to leak out and get into new states, which I'm right. fine with. But, you know.
1: Oh, no, I, I totally think that, I mean, the market will totally, like, be a new game and concept for both the grows and, and, and the cannabis, the plant itself, right? Because, you know, we've talked about the uh, the Appalachians, you know. the uh, yeah. And so I think people will have a desire for uh, Oregon weed and, and uh, California weed. And even Nevada, you know, like some grows or, are, are, you know, everybody's, everybody's fuck, you ever ask a grower who's, who's, a, who's a good grower, they'll tell you that, that they're, they're the best. You know, it's kind of like, I think there's a, a good in every, every type of uh, area. Just some people stand out better than others, you know, when it comes to like wine, beer, or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that.
2: Yeah, but then you know, your local uh, cities usually have their own breweries uh, simply because people like uh, buying local stuff. Because that's from where they're at. Uh, And as a result, I think you're going to get a lot of that, too. You're going to have, like, large producers that are making the vast majority of all of it uh, that's for sale at Walmart and gas stations. And then there's going to be craft stuff that's more uh,
1: locally made. But that craft also will get absorbed, right? Because, you know, Elysian, the the brewery that's out here in Seattle, the one Mm -hmm. that you've had a beer, uh, they got bought by Anheuser. Like yeah, you know, Anheuser owns them, but uh, uh, they let them stay an entity by themselves, you know, th- opposed to like you know, taking over, you know. But I see that with cannabis. I see, uh, the big MSO thing, right? Everybody's all scared about Walmart weed and all the other BS, but it's nothing to be afraid of because the more business side is out there, I, I, that it's kind of this is the one time the trickle down theory works, right? Like it doesn't work with economics, but it works with like the law if all these guys are allowed to grow and transport and do all this other things with this plant, well, guess what? You know, you'll have a chance, you know, as the law expands, you know, I mean, I can do homebrew, you Mm -hmm. know, why can't, you know, home grow is going to happen eventually. Yeah. It's silly. But you guys, you guys kind of
2: have it in the sense that you don't, I mean, like, I I realize what you're saying, but if you are a medical patient, right. You're able to grow at home. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: then, so like you, you have it for the medical patients at least, but then uh, you don't have it the rights for adults. The same with Illinois. Like I have the right to grow because I'm a medical patient. But if I was just a regular adult, I wouldn't. However, uh, if you get caught and you have five plants or less, it's like a $200 fine your first time. It's just basically them telling you, dude, go get your card, you know? Right.
1: Well, it's like getting caught smoking uh, out in town with cannabis. If someone wants to, if they, if a cop really had a hard on, they could give you a ticket for twenty bucks. Sometimes you just get the twenty bucks ready and like, here, I'm just gonna smoke it right now, fuck it. But I mean, generally they, they leave you alone. But I, I think homebrew will be the same way. Kind of like with the homebrew, right? Like. You know, what is, do you know what your state's law for homebrew is? Do you have to register it? Do you have to go out and, you know. I don't think
2: you have to register it for homebrew. But, yeah, you know, you're not allowed to, I'm not allowed to distill liquor. You know, uh, there's that aspect. I know that. We are. You're allowed to distill liquor. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: I Actually, looked at the rules. Like, you can uh, uh, do that. Uh, uh, and, and But you just can't sell it. And if you were to sell it, like, a, at a farmer's market, uh, mm-hmm. uh, then you need to get the license type stuff.
2: Right, and that's mostly to collect the tax revenue on the oh, can- yeah. uh, alcohol. And I, I hope that that's what it's going to be eventually for the cannabis, where people can get licenses. The fact that you have a license isn't in itself by an a- like an asset. Uh, and then the real asset is can you actually grow the plant well, and then do people want to buy your stuff? Yeah,
1: well, that's what it really comes down to, right? If you got good weed, it sells itself. Opposed to uh, some of the uh, the flavor marketing tax out there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they're fun. Anyway, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our little deep dive into uh, social equity joint ventures. Uh, Does your state have them? Will they? So far, I've only seen these types of things only in Connecticut. Uh, However, it does allow the tripling of the number of these social equity licenses turning one into three in order for economics savings of $1.5 million.
1: Not a bad thing. I just can't get it from my head that someone sober wrote that number down. Like, yeah, we'll yep. just just three million dollars. That's what it takes. You need three yeah. million dollars to fucking play this game. It's so dumb. What's the cost well. of alcohol in that city? You know.
2: I don't know, but if you got the $3 million, you can go on over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and fill out the form on that because you might have what it takes to become a client. I tell you what. Uh, Anyway, man, I hope that you had a good weekend. And uh, everybody that hung out and stuck around and checked us out, thank you so much. Consider becoming a member. And the next video that you should watch is right down there. So please hang out, go down there, and watch the next video. It is good for you. Trust me. Thanks for playing.